So they get to glorify G, and now I'm I'm hitting these kids, and I'm going, guys, guys, you don't understand what's happening. Teeth clenched, and and these poor kids are like, oh, okay, sir. Uh, yeah, th- I mean, it's a really good concert. I was like, yes, but you don't understand the significance of this. And like, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm so stoked at this point. And, and these poor guys are just going, oh my God, this guy's insane. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... This is Stone Gossip. Fucking Cameron in the truck. everyone welcome to live on four legs a definitive live pearl jam podcast and we're here coming off of a back-to-back episode this is tuesday and wednesday that we're releasing episodes and this doesn't usually happen but we had the opportunity to have on a really special guest yesterday and if you haven't listened to that go listen to that before listening to this it kind of it's it's better to uh, transition from that into this. I think you'll kind of get this episode. You don't have to because this is Greenville 2016. Everybody knows what this show is about. So, but we had a really good guest on yesterday. Uh, Edge from WWE Hall of Famer, multiple multiple time champion, podcaster, all that stuff. Uh, he was great. He talked about his Pearl Jam fandom. You're, you guys want to listen to that? But we're also we're gonna play some clips of him talking about the Greenville show in today's episode because he was at this show and he was very excited, had some really good stories about it. So without further ado, Randy Sobleer, John Furrer over there. John. Hello. We are doing a show that you've been to for once. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. I think the last one we did was Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> and you weren't even part ago. of the show yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, back when I was just a, a special guest. Um, but yeah, I've been wanting to do this one for a long time. It was a fantastic show. Uh, you know, everybody knows the the album shows uh, are special, but this one is special for a few different reasons for me. So uh, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm excited to finally get into it. It's gotten a lot of requests, I will say that. Um, yeah, Again, Andrew Taylor being the most vocal of the people <laughs> requesting it, and uh, you know, you're, we got it in for you, and uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that people are passionately requesting it. That means that they actively yeah. want to listen, and you know, we, we, you know, wanted to find an opportunity to get it in, and we didn't want to say no. We don't want to do an episode that a fan wants because we don't want people to listen to us. That it, that doesn't make any sense. So, you know, this all kind of came together at a really good time. This being. The Royal Rumble week, being able to get Edge, him telling yeah. me that he went to Greenville, this, you know, it all worked out. Yeah, and two, it's you know we've been doing a lot of shows from the '90s, and even though 
this is a 2016 show, it still does have a lot of 90s stuff in it, obviously. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting little detour from our around the world uh, series. I think so. Uh, I think so. And it's kind of back to back to form. Everything is in the basket in this. Every tool, yeah. every weapon is uh, at their disposal. So let's flash back to the year 2016. The band was still touring off of their successful Lightning Bolt album for the fourth year, and uh, consistently inconsistent. This was the fourth year that they were touring, but they didn't really do much in 2015. A couple South American dates and a Global Citizens Festival, but really Mm -hmm. it wasn't since 2014 that they really did much, and this was a, a U.S. tour going into mostly the the East Coast, and then we had some ballparks later in the summer. So, um, what was your what was your plan? I know you did a lot on this tour. So, what was your plan this this tour? Yeah, um, well, they had finally done like actual Southeast leg. You know, it'd been a long time. We got the the festival. They did play play music Midtown in Atlanta in 2012 before going down to New Orleans, but and then we got Charlotte in 2013, but that was kind of a little dip, and then they went back, you know, skipped over again to go to New Orleans. So this was the first time that they'd really spent like, you know, a solid seven or eight shows in the Southeast. So uh, I think they started with Miami and then uh, Tampa. Uh, I didn't do those, but then I ended up putting in for Jacksonville. Uh, Greenville, Columbia, and Raleigh, and ended up winning GA, strangely enough, for all three of those, Jacksonville, Greenville, and Columbia, and ended up winning reserve for Raleigh. Show ends up getting canceled. It's a different story. Um, But, yeah, Greenville, I mean, I I was just so excited to have them. You know, Greenville's probably two hours flat from from Atlanta, so it's not a bad drive at all. Uh, I think I ended up uh, driving down the night before, Spent the night at the venue, did the whole Pearl Jam camp with the tent and all of that. I think I remember I was probably somewhere in the 25 to 30 range of people. Uh, I remember being surprised that that there were so many people in line because in Jacksonville there weren't that many. And, you know, back in 2013 in Charlotte there weren't that many. So you could tell that, like, they were definitely coming up in, like, people were aware of this. I think a lot a lot of people made the trip uh, from the, from other places. So, uh, yeah, spent the night, did the whole thing. It was a lot of fun, got to meet a lot of cool people and, you know, had no idea what, what we were in for. And, you know, the whole tie in to why versus in full happened on this is night was because, uh, that Saturday was record store day. Mm-hmm. So you being an audiophile and being the vinyl oh, yeah. fan that you are, how did you deal with not, being in line for yeah record store yeah day. it was I it mean, was tough I, I do the, remember you made the right decision but <laughs> yeah I remember I mean a Pearl Jam show was one of the only things that would that would take precedence over record store day for me um, yeah I think I I had you know I had a list everything that I wanted I ended up I think going back and getting all of it eventually uh, the stuff that came out that year but. Uh, yeah, this this show was definitely worth it. I, but I remember thinking, like, mm, you know, maybe well, it is calling. I wonder if they'll make mention of it, you know. And, and of course, they did. Yeah, uh, I mean, more so that it's, it's a very obvious tribute to you know 
records in general, and uh, yeah. uh, you're getting and, you know, and, probably and they're, one of their most popular. And they're playing Record Store Day again this year in Oakland, so be oh. on the lookout for people that are going to that show. That could be something special. There's a lot of interesting dates on this tour. Speaking of which, yeah. I think we have to bring it up because uh, we are recording this kind of in the aftermath of everything that's happened on Saturday. So we might as well, uh, you know, we, we've really shared uh, on social media what what's happened to us individually but uh go ahead and, and share uh let's share what how how we did today yeah i uh you know being in the being in atlanta was nashville and st louis was were the easy choices for me um yeah i, I did win tickets i i don't know yet if they're if they're ga or not but uh we will see you know i'm excited to be in the building no matter what Hey, you know that that's exactly i i usually yeah. don't care where i am as long as i'm there as long as i'm hearing and enjoying the show uh that's what is important to me and um you know it, it's it's difficult because i've gotten rejections from lotteries before and it's difficult because you're waiting in anticipation all day and you're and that's this is the only thing that you want uh, out of this is just to be there and, and you don't want to be part of the general sale because it's just havoc and afterwards trying to find tickets for face value is just a nightmare. So, you know, I, I, uh, I, I wasn't successful today and a lot of people that, you know, I'm, I'm close with weren't successful. Uh, Buckley, uh, he wasn't successful. We both tried for the same things. We both tried for reserve, uh, MSG with first priority and Baltimore second. And we both failed on that. Uh, same with, uh, Dave from live footsteps. We were all kind of talking all day, even, even bagel. He, he went in on, uh, Nashville and St. Louis, but he lost out on, on Baltimore and MSG as well. They're, they're tough tickets. They're the only U S Northeast ones, which, you know, all the Boston, all the Philly people that want to travel to go see them. It, it's sort of, it's a log jam. So, I get it. I I, I get it, and and I'm yeah, not. The, the the odds for those shows were by far the worst. Yeah. So you know they had by far the most amount of people. Yeah, and I, look, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm never gonna say like I'm you know entitled to to be at the show. Like, look, I I'm gonna be at those shows no matter what. There's there's no question about it. It's just how do I get there and where do I get my tickets from? I think a sign of inspiration is uh, the all-encompassing trip book that I'm reading and basically them saying anytime we saw that people had tickets, we helped each other out. And I just, I'm going to throw this out there just, you know, uh, for anybody that's looking for tickets, for anybody that has tickets, knows people that have tickets, just, you know, be there for each other. This is not a money-making thing or shouldn't be a money-making thing. Uh, This should be a way to help out fans and and make friends and, uh, uh, enjoy each other's company. And, and if you have an extra ticket, like, look, people are going to be looking for face value. You know, that's, I, I'm not personally saying that I should be p- paying face value for a ticket. I will pay more if I have to, if that's what it's going to take to get in the door, I'll do it. But I'm just saying, if you have, if you have tickets, I, I think, I think it's, it's the best idea for the fan to, sell for face value that's that's all i'm saying i i, yeah, no, I get sick I think, of flippers, you know there's so. there's gonna be uh you know a verified face-to-face 
bartering, whatever it's good they're gonna do. Like you'd be able to sell your ticket through face value on the marketplace, you know, through the ten club. So I think they're they're going they're doing some extra steps this year to make sure that's easier for people, you know. And you know, we'll see what happens. We still got a couple of months, so uh, you never know. Yeah, you're right. It's you know, it's not a lot of time, but uh, honestly, this is gonna, this might be one of the first shows that I uh, I just head down to Baltimore without a ticket, and I figured out when I get there because it's always when you get there that somebody's like, ah, last second I couldn't make it. All right, well I'm here, so yeah. As long as I'm here, you know, you, you just never know. So I'm. I'm going to be there because I, I know we had all of these ideas and plans to, to meet up with people. And I know that there were a lot of people that won both shows uh, that I know I, I want to I want to hang out with and be around. And it, it's more it's more than just going and seeing the band. It's it's going and being around all these people that we've you know talked to on social media and, and through Patreon and all those things. Uh, I want to. I want to actually get to spend time with them and, and enjoy, you know, my company with, with, with Pearl Jam fans. So it's, that's, it'll all happen. It'll all work out. And I, and I, you know, my advice to everybody is to keep pushing at it. If you want to be there, go for it. Just, just do it. So, um, anything, uh, maybe we, uh, promote some things now. What do you think? Sure. Do we have things to promote? Um, uh, we have a, we have a Patreon. We always have Patreon. Yeah, what are we doing over at Patreon? I know we have uh, we have an extra episode with Edge that's on there. There were a lot of things that got cut out of yesterday's Edge episode because you know we had to make it good for the Pearl Jam fan, good for the wrestling fan as well. I know a lot of people, different people were going to want to listen to that episode. So very many more Pearl Jam centric topics on our Patreon account uh, that we put the edge episode on it's stuff like you know it's more him talking about how passionate the fans are and talking about you know uh going to uh see temple of the dog in seattle and you know there's there's more good stories that's that's there's no lack of content with edge and not only that but bridge school episode should come out what in a week or two you would say yeah yeah pretty soon getting to 94 yeah, yeah, that's that should be exciting, and yeah. and pretty soon we'll do uh, another evolution. I think the next evolution episode is going to be on porch. So what we've and got, we've got to- a lot of you know we've got a lot of discussion over there about the new songs and all that. You know, as at at time of recording, we've we've got a little hint of of maybe what what's coming, but uh, we got we've got a lot of good discussion going over there too, pretty much on a daily basis. So thanks to everyone who's uh, who's been participating in that. Yeah, and and where we're at with Patreon, it's kind of been amazing that we've you know spent a couple of months just you know promoting it and and trying to do as much for the Patreon account as as we could. And uh, we're now at a point where there are enough people that we're starting these discussions and we're starting to kind of grow a community within a community, so to speak. So uh, I know, look, we've been really bad about giving shout outs. I, I, I feel like we could do a better job. So I just want to right now just I'm going to go down the line every Absolutely. single person. That's a patron, and I'm going to give them a shout-out, and 
there are some people that are either going to be on the show in the future or there are some people that need to pick a show. You guys know who you are that need to pick shows for us. So we'll leave we'll leave it up to you guys. But I just want to go down the list and thank every single person because I know that there's been a lot of new people this month. And if we didn't get your name in there, we're sorry, but it's coming all down now. Uh, obviously, first one. Deborah McMurray, she was on the show last week, and if you haven't listened to the San Diego 95 episode, you have to listen to that because her stories are amazing. Adrian Peterson, Andrew Kerr, who is a new patron, uh, Aurelian, who is just by far the best, uh, Bradley Piasecki, uh, Brian Anderson, who is new, Chris Everett, who is fairly new, uh, Claire Mil- Millar, who is new, Dan Apollo, David James, Dylan Sumter, Eddie Quintana, Emil Mansur, Frank S, G Golly MM. So G Golly, if you're listening to us, we still haven't gotten your name. So hit us back. We definitely want to reach out to you and then uh, and see what show you want to cover. Uh, Jason Corbin, Jed Garfunkel, Patrick Bagel, Paul Marinick, and Sean Raskis. And there's one more. That's a patron. Who could that be? John Farrar. Hey, <laughs> you couldn't just, give hey, up your Patreon um, status. I'm just covering my bases in case something <laughs> happens, in case you decide to pull the plug on this little thing. I'm just covering my bases. No, it's, <laughs> look, I, I. No, but you know, I, you know, like, I like supporting the show. To, you know, one, like I said, $1 a month, it's, it's not even a cup of coffee a month. Like, right. It's, with it's, all the and, things that, with all the things that we're putting on there, with all the exclusive episodes, with all that. Yeah. You know we're doing extra. I, I I think it's worth it, and you know we're we're not asking for much, but like during this tour year, we're definitely looking forward to you know when John goes to St. Louis and Nashville, we're gonna have stickers, we're gonna have things to give Absolutely. away. Uh, we're gonna try to do stuff like that, maybe T-shirts. We'll see. We'll see about these things, but we want to do these things and uh, the donations help us do cool things and and do meetups and stuff. So. I think uh, I think it's time to get into the show, man. We've made these people wait long enough. Uh, I agree. I agree. But before we do, <laughs> before we do, uh, why don't we hear from Edge again? Because we had some extra stuff about him talking about Greenville that we wanted to share for this show. So let's get into it. We kind of left off the last thing that we talked with Edge about. He was uh, it was around glorified Gene. He was nudging his uh, the guys next to him. He's like, you don't understand what's going on, man. You don't understand what's going on. So uh, let's hear like Edge's kind of reaction to the whole night. The fact that they still, you know, put on such an amazing show and, and such a great, you know, set list after that. But, but you're right. It was, at the end of daughter and, and going into glorified G and that's when I started hitting mm-hmm. those kids. <laughs> and, and that's when it, it, I was like, this is, this is happening. Why is it happening here? I, I'm not going to complain. It's happening here. You know, it, and I think that was the, that, like you said, it was such a loose feel. And, and like you said, they knew what they had up their sleeve and what it would do, you know, to, to the core audience, which mm-hmm. I think for a Pearl Jam show is, still probably 80%. You probably have 20% of the, oh yeah, Pearl Jam. They're the, that, the, yeah, okay, I remember them. And it's probably somebody like us that tells them they got to go or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but for, and that's one thing that I really appreciate about Pearl Jam is because it is mostly people like us 
who really appreciate when something like that is happening and then can hit our neighbors and say, this is happening. <laughs> and what was so cool for me is, you know, I, I didn't tent out. I didn't, I, you know, it was none of those things because I was at home and, and taking care of stuff and everything. And I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to the show now. And I just hopped in my, my pickup and I drove down to Greenville and I, I got there and just, I went by myself, but that's what I love about a Pearl Jam show. I can go by myself. And you can feel I'm like gonna, you're around a hundred different people that, yeah. 10,000 friends and you'll start having conversations and you'll connect on Pearl Jam, but then realize and talking to, to this community, oh yeah, we're all very like-minded. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. Right. We wouldn't appreciate this band the way we do. So I think we said somewhere in there that Greenville is not the type of place that you would expect this kind of show. Uh, you know, you get Moline and no code and Milwaukee and, you know, these aren't places that Pearl jam necessarily pulls out all the stops to, to give them a memorable show uh, for the most part. When you Greenville, when you say it now, it, it feels special, but um, you know, if you say Columbia, not to say that Columbia was a bad show, but, but Columbia doesn't have the same reputation that Greenville does just because it, it but it would have had Greenville just been, you know, another normal set list. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember being so excited that I was going to get, you know, nine ish hours of Pearl Jam in, in about a week, <laughs> uh, and yet, I had, you, you know, you had no idea. Um, yeah, just something like the, being in the southeast. And, and kudos to the band for taking places like Greenville and Moline and Milwaukee and places and, you know, not just doing these in your New York cities and your Seattles and your L.A.s, you know. I give them credit for, for making these little shows special like this. And you know, I know Record Store Day had a big part of it and, you know, wherever wherever they were going to be that day. Um was going to get it but do you notice he does uh kind of drop a little bit of a hint before the before they start did you did you catch that what he says uh i know he said something but i didn't write down what he yeah, said he says he says uh oh you know we're, we're gonna play some records we're gonna play some oh play some records <laughs> yeah and i was like i was like looking back on it, you're like he just gave that away what yeah. they were gonna do right but, uh yeah and, and i love like you know the the electricity in the building is always palpable when before they start, no matter where you are. When they when they come out, you know, you've been waiting all day. I was I was on the rail in front of in front of Stone's side and uh just you can tell in the video when they come out they're so loose and like playing around and Eddie just comes out and like bangs on the guitar a little bit and you know they're in a good mood. Yeah, you get that that tease like I I love it when they know something that we don't know, right? Right. They they knew what was going to happen, so they were you know they gave them a little bit of extra fire that night. And this this version of Corduroy is great. I mean it's it's I mean I know the MSG thing we talked about last year was great, but this is right below that for Corduroy for me. It's so good. 
Yeah, this is the kind of corduroy where around this time they started really doing the call and response kind mm-hmm. of corduroys where, you know, they they would get to the breakdown and they would start doing the oh, 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 and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I know a lot of people, it is a little, uh, it's a little bit controversial to some people because there are folks that don't necessarily like that. I, I I'm in the boat of... It needs to be the right atmosphere. And I would say for a show like this, that you don't know what's coming. And I think in the bigger grand scheme of things that they do something sort of big to kind of build you up. uh, I, I think it feels right. I think it fit in and it feels like this version of Corduroy is the build to a mega set. Absolutely. Yeah. The way the song builds, like it's it's one of my all-time favorite Pearl Jam songs. It's up there in the top two or three. And if you had started with Go, I mean, yeah, I mean they they started with Go a bunch of times, but that kind of like they I think they wanted to kind of build it up a little bit and and maybe and that's maybe being a little cheeky as well. That's maybe Eddie going, yeah, we're gonna make you wait a song before we get into what, well, what we're gonna do. This my ne- my next point is that um, you, we heard in Moline they started with elderly woman right and right. you know sometimes hell hell i think if you start off with corduroy uh with go into animal maybe immediately you're thinking something maybe immediately something go, going through your head yeah, oh, exactly. well you never know but since you get go and animal after corduroy you're probably thinking to yourself well this is pretty normal because these songs are pretty basic to hear back to back live because they flow so well into each other that you know you're not thinking differently. At least hell hell almost never comes after sometimes. So maybe in the back of your head you can say, all right, something's a little fishy here. Uh, you yeah, know, maybe I mean, I, for yield something. None a of us, fishy, none of us but... had any idea through Animal. You're just like, hey man, like three kick ass like ninety songs in a row, like this is great. Like everyone was, everyone was partying. Like everyone was jumping around. Like people were, people were singing along. Like the crowd in this is so good, especially in Go and Animal. Everyone's really loud. Cause like, I think Corduroy set the tone. Like they were in such a good mood playing around, interacting with the crowd. You see Mike going around, pointing at people running around. Like it really, they really got the crowd behind them from, from the first note. Yeah. Uh, like you can feel that the band, like you said before, that the band sensed that they're, they had a trick up their sleeve, that they knew what was Definitely. going on, and, and they were really pumped and excited for it. And you get into Daughter from Going Animal, two pretty electric versions of those songs. Uh, you get into Daughter, and to me, maybe my first thought would have been, oh, this is interesting, Daughter this early. And I think don't know if I would have put together verses just yet. Were you in that See, boat? I, no, I, I I put it together. When they started Daughter, I was like, wait a minute. Okay. Like th- this is this is not the right spot for Daughter. Some, something's going on here. Right. And I think and then you, you know you you exchange those looks with the people next to you and you're like, is this is this what I is this what I think it's going to be? This is this is what we're doing. And and what you know by the time they get to the the bridge of the song where like you think you'd normally get a tag and you normally get you know a little extended thing you get nothing and the song just ends
that point, everyone was like, oh, shit, this is happening. Right. Yeah, that's really suspicious because when was the last time in the last handful of years, you know, on the lightning bolts? Oh, in, in, the, last, in the last 25 years. Maybe. And, you know, at least that maybe if they didn't tag anything, maybe they it just extended you know, at least it gets extended a little bit where there's some call and response yeah. and there's some clapping and and that little, you know, thing that Stone does that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it ends. Oh, yeah. How many people can say they've seen just the album version of Daughter? I, yeah. yeah. You yeah, and whoever exactly. else was in that building, Edge, yep. Uh, yep. Andrew Taylor, whoever else was in that building. Um, yeah. You but get, yeah, the you know daughter for me that was this was one of the most special moments of the show for me is that realization when when daughter ends it like oh shit like I know what's happening I know what we're gonna get this is gonna be one of those nights right and we and I talk about that before you know you have those moments where where the night changes you know where you you have that moment where like oh shit this is going to be when we talked about that a lot when we did the top 10 episodes of the decade right and and this version of daughter is is that for the show for me sure i i would 100 percent agree with you and, and i think in your mindset you're probably and we talked a little bit about it with edge you're just you're waiting for that you know that that little plucky uh guitar lick of glorified g to come on and then you can explode because then you're justified it it, it wasn't a you know, it wasn't a coincidence that they were doing these three songs. Glorified G in the five spot, there's no business of it being there other than playing versus straight through. Oh yeah. I mean and and the people the people next to me knew like as soon as daughter ended, I mean everyone on the rail exploded. It was like I mean I think we all levitated in, in the in midair for about three seconds. <laughs> but uh yeah, glorified G starts My favorite song, but again, in, in this in this atmosphere, in this setting, I'll, I'll take it, absolutely. I feel like the energy for this song, I feel like the crowd had a lot more energy in a 2016 version than they usually mm-hmm. would. So right. I feel like once they get into the always uh, keep it loaded part, I think Ed sort of get, gets a, another boost of energy there, and he's sort of feeding off it a little bit. And he's, he, he's comfortable because he knows in a groove that he's – you know the crowd has figured it out the crowd has uh is excited yeah, we're, about we're all in it they together can, now right they can all celebrate it and you're yeah. you're right there looking at them do they do you get the sense from them that they're like that they're thrilled that this is going on and, and they're oh absolutely they're in love with it did you notice the that the end of glorified g mike kind of pumps his fist a little bit like i didn't like, see yeah that. like yeah we got through it, it, it <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if he's like we made it through the song right. or where everybody knows now we're we're doing this right right but yeah it, that it, was a, that was a cool moment too I, I mean it could be both glorified g is one of those songs again they don't play it a lot these days so it's it's one that they could just be excited that that they just got through it but uh I, I think it's probably to the standpoint that, okay, we're in the groove now. They know what's going on. We know what's going on. Now we can just relax, rock, and 
and let this be a memorable night. Yeah, and and, and versus is such a, a cool one to hear because you've got, you know, you've got the the crowd pleasing songs. You got elderly woman and rearview mirror and yep. daughter. And you've also got the really rare songs that you know you're going to get. You're going to get WMA. You're going to get Rats. You're going to get Leash. So it's it's really a good mix of of where they are live. You know, the the ones that give you those crowd moments versus the ones that are super rare. So it was a, the the best of both worlds, I think, to get versus what. Okay, in this mindset right now, you know, 100. percent This is factual that you're getting the full thing of versus what's. What's the thing that you're looking forward to the most? Is it something like leash that's rare? Is it indifference that's in the middle of a set? Is yeah. it uh, rearview mirror that's in the middle of a set? What what is the thing that is standing out to you the most that you're just like, I, when this comes on, I'm gonna erupt? Yeah, I think it was definitely leash for okay. me. That was something I had not yet heard. I had a feeling it was and, gonna be that. Yeah, and that's and another one that such a cool song again probably my favorite song when i was 14 15 years old and to know that they were going to play that was was special i think that was the first thing that crossed through my mind is oh shit they're going to play leash right um yeah definitely leash um, but a lot, lot lot to get to before that yes uh obviously the next song is dissident and the you know you're in the groove and i love at the end uh ed kind of improvs the end of it and he says Sometimes you gotta get the fuck out of there. He's loose. He's having fun with it, and he can kind of just screw around with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. This was this was one of those nights that, like, everything came together, and, you know, the band and the crowd and everything feeding off each other. Like, was, there was a special energy in the crowd. All right. This is, uh, this is great because we almost never get to talk about this because it's almost never played. WMA with the drum intro, everything. Uh... You know, some versions that we've covered at WMA, they've started with the acoustic guitar, and it's been a little bit different. But this is this is a true intro to the song, and it doesn't have exactly the same power as the album version. But whenever you get WMA like this, it's savor it because it's just it's fantastic. It's a fantastic song when it stands by itself. Oh yeah, and you know and. And Matt in 2016 is not Dave Hay in 1994. He no. doesn't. He does. He's not hitting every little, every little thing in the pattern. But it's it's definitely worthwhile. I mean, I think what I remember about this is just watching Jeff be in his groove. I, I think I have a. I'm going to try to find it and uh, and post it. But I think I have a little GIF of him uh, doing his little groove on the on the bass. I'll try to find that. But groove. but yeah, I remember. Just watching them, and like again, another song that they nailed. Like a, they they got through Glorified G, great. They got through WMA, great. So, you know, and they'd probably been thinking about this for a while. Being being record story, I wonder if they they'd been sound checking these um, to get them to get them worked out. But yeah, great version of WMA. Well, if you look at all these songs, um, most of these, the ones that are in this meaty little section right here, they haven't played a lot on this tour just yet. Mm-hmm. But Glorified G, Dissonant, WMA, Blood. Uh, they've all played twice on this tour already. They would go on to play Glorified G, or actually this would be the second time that they would play them. So they've already played it once. So maybe, I, I can't tell you what dates uh, each song was played. Uh, maybe yeah. one of the Florida dates. I, I know there there was something Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, and, Tampa, and Tampa maybe, I think. Okay. Blood was played in Tampa. Right. Um, 
could I, I don't know what was played in Jacksonville. That would that would be something you could answer. But um, yeah, one some of those shows had some of these songs. I don't know mm-hmm. if this was necessarily calculated, where they said earlier in the week, "Hey, let's warm up on some versus songs Definitely. in these places," yeah, certainly and then possible. Let's make the goal for Record Store Day this. So. And, and two, one more thing about WMA, uh, Eddie playing guitar. I don't think that you get that a lot. He, he had the guitar on for WMA, rocking out a little bit, so that was cool. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely not something that you see with it. And obviously, it's 17 times that it's been played in full. This song has been around for over 25 years. So whatever you get on it is going to be incredible and amazing, but when you get something a little extra special and Ed knows how special it is, he can throw a bone right back at you and be like, all right, well, you know, this is, this whole set is something that you'll never see again, but here's, here's something you'll really never see again. (laughs) So blood rear view mirror. I like to package these together because I think the transition between these and at this point, no stops. This is straight through. There's a little pause. I don't think they needed to stop and explain what was going on. People, no, you know. but but <laughs> it's incredible because you think for the sanctity of the album, they want to try and keep it as close to album time as possible. So you have in between Rearview Mirror and Rats was really the only time where they kind of pause a little bit take a water break, let the crowd kind of soak it in and, and give them the appreciation in between. But that's nine songs that they played straight through, which is kind of unheard of. There's no real Ed soliloquy here. There's no anything like, Hey, Hey Greenville, how are you? It comes a little later, but it's still, well, you got a little bit, you know, during quarter, he does the, Live from Greenville. It's Saturday night. Sure, yeah, and yeah. but that but that was it. That's it. That's yeah. it. So, blood rearview mirror. It, it it feels. If I'm there, I I feel like I'm listening to the album, at this point because again, no stops and the transition between the two songs is just incredible. to shout out to the the drum techs and the guitar techs because they were doing guitar changes and yeah also they were running that stuff out there you know they they told them like hey we don't want any downtime on this we want this to be an album show we want it to go through 
you had you had text running all over the place. You know, they were tuning and do a shout out to those people who made that thing go smoothly. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago with all the changes, you know, why they would play songs like Not For You and Rearview Mirror right, next right. to each other. They're doing uh, WMA Blood, Rearview Mirror, Rats, and that's uh, guitar on Ed, guitar off, guitar on, guitar off. So that transition in between Blood and Rearview Mirror to get a guitar on Ed and for that mm-hmm. to be that seamless, that's fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, they did, they do a great job. Yeah, and this... Again, this version of Rearview Mirror for me is the highlight of the show. It's, it yeah, really, it's great. It soaks in all the energy. Uh, you get the fans clapping in between there. You know, it's it's got, it's, you know, we talk about different versions of Rearview Mirror that have that bridge and where they are going with that bridge. But this one, it, it feels like it's really, it's this high but energy. This, this one's all them. You know, they're, yeah. yeah. an opportunity to let out some of that energy because you know corduroy is a little extended but there there's no nothing in daughter right and then there there wasn't really another opportunity and usually you have those moments early in a set you might get an even flow or a given to fly or do the evolution where they can kind of let go and and jam a little bit or right. mike can mike can take it and have a moment but this was really the first one since the very beginning of the show so they you know, they, they were definitely channeling something during Rearview Mirror. Yeah, Rearview Mirror is a- absolutely the even flow spot of the set and taking its place here. And honestly, to 
to be totally honest with you, I, I, I would love to see it switched up a little bit where rear view mirror could be the eighth song in the set to just kind of take you and zone you out and get some, you know, different sound in there and then have even oh, flow. It, it, it can go close the set. Yeah. yeah. Like change them up a little bit. This works. This we'll works see. We'll really see what happens well. this year. We'll see what happens. I, yeah. uh, you know, I don't think that even flow is really going anywhere. It hasn't for about twenty five years. So, um, but we shall see. Uh, all right, you get rats, and again, there was a little pause before it, but it's a little slow. This one, I feel like they had to work a little bit for, but it still, it still worked. It still, it still sounded pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was cool. Another song, you know, that I hadn't heard before. So. And it's and again, I, I think the whole time I was watching Jeff, just watching him uh, on that baseline. It's so yeah. Good. So after Rats, this is where Ed kind of talks a little bit, and he asks if, if it's too slow. He talks about the record uh, and recording it in a compact space, uh, all being crunched together, and it kind of beat the fuck out of them. And he gives Stone a lot of credit for saying that the next one. Uh, while Ed was kind of jamming on it a little bit and sort of figuring it out and he didn't think much of it, Stone said that he liked it and wanted to give it a shot. And this is one of the band's most absolutely pivotal songs. Elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. Yeah, and if you think back, you know, to 1993, this this doesn't sound anything like 10. You no. Know, it's, it's a completely different kind of song. And for for Stone to be the one to be like, Hey, you know, hey, you know, new guy, basically, our singer who not not known known for his guitar playing. Hey, I like that. Let's do that, right? Right. That's a sign of what kind of band they were even back then, because you know that there are some bands where if the if the main guitar player or songwriter hears the singer writing a song, be like, oh, we're not doing your stupid song. Like, right. I'm, I'm, the, I'm that's that's my thing. I'm the guy. Right. And and you know that that was huge for Eddie's confidence for Stone to be like, Hey, yeah, I like that. Hey, bring that in. Let's let's play it. You know, it's it's little things like that 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 bring you together more, you know, and everybody knows the story of recording verses and you know, they were in they were in a really nice studio out in like a really kind of posh area and it, Eddie had to kinda of get out a little bit and there's yeah. that whole story. So yeah, this the we get a little small town history. Was this one of Elderly Woman? Was this one of the ones that he wrote while he abandoned the band? I know Rearview Mirror was one. Um, I think Go was one. No, Go wasn't one because that's a Dave A written track. Well, I think it, Eddie wrote the words. I think so. I think they yeah, could have right. Written, okay. The words for it probably that came out sense. of that. But yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. We I don't think we've ever we've ever gotten a location. But it it could have been. It could have been just something he was playing off the cuff one day after he came back or something. You know, we we don't we don't get that level of detail. But he does he does give Stone the credit for for t- for you know picking out the song and and you know giving it a chance. Let us uh, not bury the lead here. The this is dominated by the crowd.
full tilt here and they are in the palm of their hands and they're singing, especially the not my former part. They get as high as possible. And I think this is just sort of is one of the climaxes of this little part of the set where you can just say, you know, we we deserve this treat. We got a treat tonight and this is us celebrating getting a treat. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, too, uh, you always think like, oh, you know, I want to. I want to. I want our our show to be represented on the bootleg, right? I want to. <laughs> yeah. I want us to sound like one of those one of those big shows. So uh, it's a little maybe uh, imposter syndrome, or whatever you call it. But you know, I, I remember screaming as loud as possible so that so that our show we would you'd be able to hear the crowd on the bootleg. It was. You guys did a good job because <laughs> this was a fantastic version of the song, and you know, it's it's a song that. I like versions of the song that's dominated by the crowd. I think that's that's the best way to do it, and uh, and you guys held your own. So especially yeah. you know what's coming after this, and I think that this is probably the most anticipated one. You you said it earlier. Mm-hmm. Never saw a leash before. This is your opportunity to do it. So um, they they get into it and they do like the extra measure in the beginning, and the crowd is singing the Troubled Souls Unite. And, you know, they keep going anyway. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like they should have they, they shouldn't have started the song. They should have just got into it where the crowd had had had, uh, had led them. Yeah. And I think he noticed that, too, because what I remember, too, is I remember Ed just disappearing. Right. Oh. And, and being being on the rail. You know, you can't really turn around and see what's going on behind you. You know, there's there's sure. people and everything. But, you know, going back and watching the video, you can tell he, he kind of takes off towards the side of the stage, runs out in the middle of the crowd. He's kind of behind the GA area, right. kind of in between the GA and the, the seats. And he's going through and singing at people and, you know, kind of running through the crowd. I just remember looking around like, where did he go? But, yeah, I, I kind of took this opportunity, you know, and, and Mike and Jeff have a cool moment and, like, Mike and Stone have a cool moment. I just kind of took the opportunity to, to sing along and kind of watch some of the band interactions, which was really cool. This was one of the few, this and Rats, they hadn't done uh, earlier in the tour. Mm-hmm. So all the other songs that they have, they've had uh, some some practice with, but, but this one, they didn't get a chance to, to play at one of the Florida shows. So I'm not going to judge leash for being a little clunky because, you right. know, it, it is what it is and you're getting verses at this point, And that's the most important part. But, uh, lucky face, however. Oh yeah. I'm, I, I wasn't singing lucky face. <laughs> no, of he, course he not. Was Nobody lucky was face. except for him. <laughs> and that's, you know, that, that goes to, that's, that's for the kiddos in the crowd. And, and sure. if he wants to show this bootleg to his daughters, you know, he can, he can say, I, uh, daddy didn't curse. Daddy, daddy <laughs> was on his best behavior. Maybe not in other points in the set, but he's right. on his best behavior. So, all right, you get to this is your final moment of verses. Well, yeah, so he he comes back on stage. Sorry, and he comes back on stage. And he says, "All right, so so that was our second album. That that was all the songs." And everyone kind of goes like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on!" Right? Like right. again, he's he's got the crowd in the palm of his hand. Right, and you know, I didn't realize this, but until watching the video on it and I'm like, you know, something's something just a little different about indifference. Like it, it, it feels like the album version because when you hear indifference, 
it is one of two or three different closers that that you predict that you'll get uh, on a nightly basis. But you get this. There's no house lights on. It's dark. It's it's got that dark demeanor to it that the song originally has. And it's not necessarily the same kind of sing along, even though the crowd is singing along to it, it. It's not they're not gearing it to be that version. Yeah. I mean, what did you think about the the drums? Matt's playing a little something different. He's doing a little shuffle. That's sort of, yeah, that, that's sort of why I thought. That's a little different than the than what you would normally get. Right. That's sort of why I thought it was a little darker. It, it didn't have yeah. that. I think nowadays if they close with it, they know, okay, let's play it more upbeat because we, the crowd is going to sing yeah. along. The, the, this is a little, more, a little more ominous, a little more, you know, a little darker. I, I, I liked it. Yeah. I, and when, when else are they going to do this at this point in the set? They did sure. a lot of weird, weird things on this tour, like played release in the middle of the set. And, uh, you know, those kind of things, when you get the opportunity to, to do those in places that the fans and the crowd aren't necessarily going to expect it, you gotta, you gotta change it up a little bit. You gotta make it that part memorable because people know Whenever they see indifference, the house lights are going to go up and they're all going to sing along. But I think keeping this to as close as the record uh, version as possible was was a really good call and, and a really good way to cap it off. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. And then and I just remember thinking, like, well, what now? You know, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're where do you go from there? 13 you, songs in and are you, know, 14 are you songs set? in. Can, like, you, yeah. can you walk out and feel accomplished that the show's over for me basically like anything from here on out is is just gold like oh yeah i'll i'll take it definitely and and to think too and you know that was you know 13 14 songs we still got 20 more to go so what the hell are they gonna do now you know and we get a little bit of you know you get a little lightning bolt set after that which makes sense yeah yeah i think you know i think it's fair that they do their second album in full that they sort of have to pull in some uh, some of the newbies. Mind Your Manners, Swallowed Hole, and Sirens. My only thing about this, I, I love Mind Your Manners to sort of bring you back into the set and start you, basically start says, a new he, set. He says, he says, back to the future. Right, yeah. And however, I think that going from something like Mind Your Manners and the Swallowed Hole, I, I thought that was a little disjointed of a choice. Uh, maybe like something into lightning bolt or, um, something a little more upbeat, like a a getaway or something like that could have worked, but swallowed hole had a weird, it was weird in between minor manners and sirens. Maybe. Um, but yeah, swallowed hole is, is kind of a sleeper on that album for me. I always forget about it, but when it, when it comes on and when I was listening to this, it was actually liked it. It's not, it's not a bad song at all. And I put it in the top half of lightning bolt for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I rank my lightning bolt songs, I, I really have a hard time placing this song anywhere besides the bottom three or four. And it's not due to me not liking the song. It's just due to, it just, the momentum doesn't really build to, a major crescendo that I wanted to build to. I, I feel like it needs a little more. 
Maybe, but again, you know, and live, live they can play it a little faster and do a little something different. Yeah, but we can disagree. That's fine. I, I, I liked it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I again, I, and again, I, it's it's not one of the it's not one of the most played ones from that album. So it's again not not a rare rare song, but again, something no. you're not going to hear at every show. No, but I think when you want to follow verses, I think momentum has to be on your side, and and I feel you get you you have to go back to like opening tracks, even like a minor matters into an even flow. Uh, you know, get the get the really upbeat fast-paced kind of stuff right after indifference and swallowed hold just didn't really fit that bill it's Um, just me but we'll we'll fight after it's okay all right right. um but yeah sirens uh i love you get the little sirens reprise after the little acoustic thing it's it's so much better live than on on the record i think did you uh did you notice a lyric change in sirens oh i did not did he say see you in the arms of a nothing man it's certainly possible. Uh, that's what I a heard. Little little tease of of what's to come. Yeah, according to my notes, that's nice. what I heard. Yeah, I have so, to go back. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll check it out. This Pe- is people can the, decide for themselves. Yeah, this is a part in the set where Ed talks about Record Store Day a little bit and talks about all the gifts that Mike got for them from Horizon Records and uh, gives them a toast to their bicentennial. Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to go. I remember thinking I was going to try to go, like leave the GA line for like an hour and be because some people I think were doing that. Right. Like, oh, I'm going to go to the record store, but I, I did You know, I I would have been lost. Like I, there was no way I was going to try to leave and then come back. But right. Uh, yeah, that that's a cool little shout out. Let the records play and spin the black circle. This is like their tribute to record store day here and yep. i love when they they did this in memphis uh i love this little section you know whenever they want to talk about you know a spot that has some really good record stores and i, I think you can predict that uh these two songs will be played in oakland on that record store day this year uh you know it's a really it's a really cool tribute and and you, you sort of let the records play is is the lesser of the two so when you hear Let the Records Play, you're like, all right, cool, but let's see how this transitions in the spin to Black Circle, and then I'll get really excited for you. Were you, because you went to that Memphis show, were you kind of expecting that? or? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay. And and spin the Black Circle is a highlight, too, because I've mentioned it before when we talk about it. You get Mike running around the entire stage. Yes. Like, like a record needle, you know, spinning around and around like a record. So that, that was a highlight for me. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, this is a really good version of Spin. Uh, mm-hmm. I, um, I, we don't talk about Let the Records Play too much because we haven't done a lot of Lightning Bolt lately. Sure. But what do you think of the song? It's, you know, it's it's not bad. It's it's kind of a different, you know, Lightning Bolt. I think there's a few different things on there. You get your Pendulums, which is a different sound for them. You get Infallible, which kind of has a cool groove to it. And this is another one where it's it's got kind of a, a weird riff to the song like it doesn't really fit in with with your you know your title track lightning bolt and your right mind your manners and sirens it's a different sort of song but but yeah i don't mind it and again the songs from lightning bolt i think translate much better live than on the record i think i'd, I'd much prefer to listen to a live version than the studio version the first time i heard the song i thought that this was their best imitation of of springsteen i think i think it sounds exactly like a springsteen hmm. song okay just like the rhythm, like the, a '70s the Springsteen song, or a, like an yeah, '80s, yeah, like song. Uh, "Greetings from Asbury Park" kind of, oh, okay. yeah, 
like that when he was doing more of like the bluesy stuff instead of you know the arena rock stuff that he would he would do a little later okay like he it just has that vibe to it uh you know that uh, that was my initial thought but um you get the end of the set it's do the evolution and that's how you're ending the first set uh ed's voice is in great shape for doing all these songs that oh, yeah, take they, so much they, that's, they'd had two days off since jacksonville right and and all these songs dissonant wma uh glorified g uh blood they take a whole lot out of you and to play those all in a row and to to come out of this at evolution and still have that capacity it still felt really good it still felt like he was in a really good zone at this point yeah and and the, and the crowd's still just on a high from from versus said like Again, for something like Do the Evolution, you know, you've already gotten a blood, you've already gotten rearview mirror. This is this is the one to end this set. Like it's it's another moment for the for him to give to the crowd and and you know, everyone's singing along full blast. That takes us into our encore one. Uh Ed banters with the crowd a little bit here and he mentions a young girl on her dad's shoulders. Uh she comes into play later in the show somehow. I think he gives a tambourine to her. I, mm-hmm. I saw like there was somebody that that took the tambourine and he's like, "No, no, no, give it her, give it right. her." Right. Um, you, it seemed like you were kind of close to her, were you? Yeah, I think uh, she was probably like nine or ten, maybe. And okay. yeah, we were close by. I think I think I was I was one of the ones that was. I think we were all pointing at her. And he kind of saw her and did like a double take, like, "Oh, cool! Whoa, what? There's a little kid here." <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, he definitely made a point to uh, to single her out later. Yeah, I, I love when he th- that attention to detail, and when he, you know, when he sees a young kid in the crowd, and I think the Charlottesville show, he talked about a kid, and and he's like, "Oh, you want to you want to try your first uh, taste of wine tonight?" And you know. I, I love when he can banter like that and kind of give these kids a moment because he knows that these parents are, are like, you got to come to a Pearl Jam show. This is, mm-hmm. your, you know, let's, let's get you here. Let's get you in the crowd. And, and he knows that the kids are probably tired. They're probably up past their bedtime. Uh, you know, if he banters back and forth a little bit with them, then that gives them a moment that they're going to remember the rest of their lives. They go into to school in the fifth grade the next day and they're like, uh, I, you guys probably don't know who Pearl Jam is, but they <laughs> they talked to me last night, and they gave me a tambourine, and I'm the coolest kid in school now, at least in my mind. So, um, the tracks here, Future Days, which is played like the Future Days that happened a couple of weeks later at Madison Square Garden. It had that um, Matt was doing a little bit something different with uh, with the drums. Uh, Boom wasn't necessarily playing it full organ. He was kind of doing more of the piano version. Um, yeah, it's a little a little more sparse. A little had a cool vibe to it. Yeah, I like I like when they do future days like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one that they did at MSG would be the last time that they've done it. I'm sure they're going to do it at least once or twice on the next tour. But um, fantasy league players take note. I would, I would think so. Uh, that could be that could be a song that that is worth some points. By the way, our, our fantasy leagues all full. 
Great. No Thanks, more guys. no more spots. So yeah. Uh we'll we'll send out updates. I think it's gonna be fun to to follow along. One of one of the leagues will have a one with all of the podcasters. So it'll be everybody from Live on Four Legs and then uh the folks from from porch and then we'll have brandon then we'll have uh rochi from jamley matters as well as uh dave from live footsteps so that's going to be a fun league and we'll we'll sort of publicize that a little bit maybe every yeah it'll be fun we'll we'll show where we are um you get a little tease of giving a fly well, i don't There's know also, if it was i don't know if it was a tease more than someone fucked up and played the wrong song yeah yeah also <laughs> i forgot to mention future days only had uh, Ed, Jeff, Matt, and Boom. There was no Mike or Stone mm-hmm. on stage during that, mm-hmm. so that that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's what Mike w- just came on stage and he's just like, "Oh, give him a fly, right?" Yeah, yeah, my turn. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to go, you guys. Uh, no, uh, nothing, man. Uh, nothing, man. Then give him a fly. Then present tense. Uh, what is? What's the standout? Oh, how, how, actually, how can you pick one? How can you pick one? Three your favorite fantastic songs, absolutely. I thought Nothing Man was great. It, it's right up there with Indifference as far as like a vibe, you know, such a cool, like mellow kind of Again, thing to it. But it's a stand up bass song. Yeah, I love it. Um, and then Given to Fly to come out of that, you know, we talk about it all the time to come out of that little mellow section in the encore. It's perfect um, to get to get them back into where they need to be. And then present tense you know the only song from no code um, i'm always keeping track of that so that that was a highlight for me as well I absolutely love present tense yeah i think ed sounded in present tense especially ed sounded really good in it and he did talk a little bit about you know some serious matters about family and, and fragility of life and things like that so i think that speech sort of in, inspired him to have a really good version of present tense uh, you know sometimes that can tend to happen with him where he sort of finds a spark of, of momentum. And, you know, there was no lack of that in the set, but I just find it great that they can do a full album and they can still preserve this energy where middle of, of the encore, they're like, yep, uh, present tense. We're still going to bring it here. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, comfortably numb came after all this. And this was dedicated because it was, Ed wanted to play it because it's one of his favorite records growing up. So, um, we haven't covered this on the show yet. Surprisingly enough, you hate yeah, Pink Floyd. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not <laughs> a not a up. Pink Floyd fan. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would much rather preferred something else. Now looking back on it, but in the moment, you know, you're having a good time. It's great. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'm it's not one of my not one of the bands I'm really familiar with. Uh, but yeah, I mean they they do a great job on it. It's a chance for for Mike to to go off a little bit, and you know they they were into it. I remember seeing Ed join Roger Waters uh, at the Hurricane Sandy relief show, uh, the twelve 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 show that they did, mm-hmm. and Ed performed this with him. And I remember when when they went into the chorus and Ed singing this chorus. I'm like, there is no perfect song than this to to for him to perform that fits his vocal range that fits his style and it's just it was it's tailor made for him oh yeah and i I know i'm in the minority like i remember everyone everyone loved it like people are singing along you know people know the song so i'm okay with being in the minority in that opinion 
Yeah, I think, you know, casual fans like the ones that were sitting next to Edge probably were going crazy. Wow, Pearl Jam's playing Pink Floyd? That That's real cool. Uh, I'm sure there were a lot of people, you know, because they weren't doing it a whole lot at the time. Sure. This is only the sixth time that, that they had ever done it. And uh, I think they were doing, if they were doing a cover at the time, they were doing Mother more often. Right. Yeah, that, so, was, that was more early 2010s, I think. Right, but again, this is a perfect fit for Ed's voice. Mike is, I mean, it, it's a platform for him, obviously, and it's it's a thing of beauty. That's uh, it's a half of a popular opinion on this show, but that's all right. <laughs> so, um, lightning bolt and porch close your set for the encore one. I'm not a huge fan of lightning bolt being an encore song, but you know, Dis- disagree. I-, I love it here. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I it's, like it. it fits in. I think I, I really liked it. I like it early in the set, and and not in a way of like let's get it out of the way. In a way of like. You know, it's it sort of it helps you pump up and and kind of gives you some energy early, like one of those, uh, you know, play fifth or sixth to sort of cap off a section kind of. Well, songs. yeah, you know, it, it, they were they were doing it with mind your manners. You know, they were they were kind of right. linked together for that whole that whole couple of years. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think it I think if it if it sticks in this place for 2020, I'm okay with it. I, I like it here. It's yeah. It's got that kind of feel of a, of an encore song to it. It can kind of be a late encore song. Yeah, it can. I think you know maybe the the disappointment lies in you know if you've seen them a ton of times from 2013 on, you've seen you know this isn't a rare song that you would get in the encore like a uh, uh, you know the first thing that comes to my mind is a blood, but obviously they aren't going to play that in the encore in this show. Uh, but along those terms of where, 
you could get a rarer encore song and you get something like lightning bolt. You're like, well, you know, I, I've, I've gotten this a couple of times yeah, and, and that's you, my spoiled and, brat coming out too. You know, this, this isn't, this isn't like a lost dogs heavy show, you know, it, it doesn't, no. it doesn't need to be right. So, you know, if you're, if, if you were coming in, you know, there, I, I love those, you know, B sides and stuff like that. So you're going in thinking like, oh, you know, I want to hear those. But but getting verses, you know, they're they're going to come out after that and and play the crowd favorite. So I, I didn't mind. And this version of Porch, fantastic. I think I they're swinging those green lights all around. Like I think I've yeah. got a lot of. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to find all my pictures and uh, post some of them. But uh, yeah, love this version of Porch. I didn't write it down, and I know I watched the show recently. Oh, maybe it was Detroit. It was probably Detroit. Um, we did the watch party. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think it was during Porch where um, I think it was Mike smashed one of the orbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was this version of Porch where where it happened, but it wasn't. No, I mean, I, I remember them. I think it was Detroit. I remember thinking that someone was going to get hurt because, especially Jeff, where they were coming really close to his head when Mike was was swinging them around. But right, yeah, it's it's just it's a. Dangerous. I mean, it's. It's just a, a chance for them to kind of like relax and, and jam out a little bit and celebrate with the crowd and be, you know, again, this whole show, they're so interactive, like Mike and Jeff on their side always, you know, Mike's doing his thing where he points at people and he's throwing picks and he's very interactive and yeah. Jeff doing the same thing, Eddie running around all over the stage, like Ed, running into the crowd during leash. This is this is a great crowd participation show. Ed reached out and shake the young girl's hand at this point. Right. That's what that was this point. Yeah. And then he comes back on stage and he smashes the mic stand. So you get a little of uh, the Pete Townsend out of Eddie mm-hmm. in this. So that's that's a cool way to end it. Encore 2. He mentions uh 25-year anniversary of Temple of the Dog uh, and talks about playing the next song on a jukebox at a club, which kind of kick-started the, you know, them wanting to uh to to cover it i suppose oh we finally get it i'm so happy finally get we've covered it a couple of times <laughs> not with me i mean yes we have oh but yeah um I, I i liked it you know and this is the point where they're playing the songs to the back you know they would turn around and and play a song to the people in the back so yeah i enjoyed it so he says that the next one might be as old as the Temple songs, and they bust out breath. Uh, this feels like, you know, this feels like a treat that you're getting something like breath. This oh, is yeah. what I'm talking about. This is the kind of song that you mm-hmm. want late in the encore. Yeah, that the, feels the rarest, special. the rarest song of the night if you don't count the verses ones. Sure, yeah. yeah. So, and you love Comatose, and then they go into Better Man as well. So this is this is a nice little uh, encore. Uh, absolutely, they, they I mean, I, yeah, I remember, I remember, you know, to have them come around, after, turn them back around after Last Kiss, and go right into Breath is a yeah, love it, and I, it it got the crowd immediately back in. I mean, I, I remember everyone freaking out on the rail too, like, oh shit, Breath. Um, yeah, absolutely, a plus, loved it. Better Man for me felt really special here because it felt like I usually say that alive is your last time to to get your final moment, but Better Man sort of feels like it's this at this show. I don't, I don't know why. 
I, I feel like Better Man is your precursor into the next three songs instead of mm-hmm. Alive being your precursor into the next two. I feel like oh, yeah, Better and, Man and everyone's singing too. along. Everyone in the everyone in the arena singing along. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, great stuff, great version. Then you got Bread and Butter. You're closing out your night. Uh, you got to say goodbye somehow, and you know I know it. It had been a couple hours. It had been an hour and a half since you know the the real stuff had happened. Uh, at this show, but what are you? What's going through your mind? You, you know, you're. Oh, you know, you. I'm, where, where I'm you're floating. I'm, I'm floating in the air, like just on a complete high. I think everyone in, in the building was um, just a special night all around, and to get to get three songs like this, just to say thank you to the band, and you know, to to reciprocate that energy, just made it super special. Like I, I absolutely loved it. You know, I just I just remember thinking like, this is absolutely crazy. You know. And then to have them come out and play these songs, like, you know, you, and, you know, we you, you have a tendency to kind of skim over Alive and Yellow at Better Baba, we, you know, because you talk about it all the time, but it's so special when you're there in the moment, like it's, and you're there, you know, you've gone through this whole show, you've gone through all the highs and the lows and all the moments, and it's just a chance for, for the crowd to say thank you, the band to say thank you, for everyone to come together one last time and celebrate the, the evening. And Bob is in that same category yep. of comfortably numb, where he's paying tribute to one of his idols growing up. And, another you know, re- another record store day. Exactly. Nod. Exactly. And they're throwing the tambourines into the crowd, and you feel that electric energy on stage. They're just they 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 know that they put together a show for the ages, and and they are just uh, they're they're soaking the last moments of it in. And I I feel like it's it's sort of fitting that the last thing they play they play lead better to, to close it out and they finish off and mike is sitting on the stage he's kind of like dangling over the stage and he's playing you know that little last jam that he does sometimes on lead better and i feel like it's such a fitting end to how this night ends there's no uh little wing tag there's no uh national anthem tag he just kind of he just kind of jams out and then it then it ends and then you let the crowd soak it in and appreciate it Absolutely. All right. We we got to the end there, and it felt like so long ago that we had talk about the versus stuff. But <laughs> is there anything in your top three that's not part of versus? There is. Okay. As a matter of fact, um, two of them actually. My Whoa. my number three is uh, spin the black circle. Okay. Being being record store day. I'm I remember watching Mike run around the stage like I talked about and just cracking up laughing like that was such a cool moment uh, I'll remember that forever and uh, my number two Corduroy coming out just from the very beginning how loose they were like I talked about they they knew they had something up their sleeve the call and response the crowds into it from the from the very beginning uh, fantastic version of Corduroy and the whole verses like you, you know being there for that was so special like I'll it's something I can I can always remember and go back to. But my number one moment, if I had to pick one out of that out of that album, it has to be that moment in Daughter where you realize what's happening. Like, yeah, just everyone's head exploded on the rail, and everyone, probably everyone in the building. I mean, Edge talked about it too, like grabbing those those. Like, do you know what's happening? <laughs> uh, we've talked about that a couple of times, but yeah, just for. That moment, just to realize, it's one of those things where you know the the mood in the in the in the building changes, and you know you're in for a special night. It's the, you, you, there's nothing like it. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, you get something as special as this and, you know, the place is is kind of everybody kind of knows what's going on and there's whispers and people are looking around like, do you know, do you think is this is this what I what I'm thinking? Is this what you're thinking? And then when, uh, you know, like you said, when they don't tag with daughter, they go right into glorified G. You can hear the place erupt. And that's that's sort of my number two moment. It's sort of in that in between spot where they like the actual realization where everybody is, is in on it. Um, and the band sort of soaks in that energy. So I would say it's kind of more for me, glorified G than daughter because, because I feel like in the middle of that, maybe there was some trepidation playing a song like glorified G that they don't play a lot, but Ed is belting out the always keep it loaded part. And, you know, Mike at the end, like you said, was you know, pumps his fist and he's like, that's it. We're, we're making history here. Uh, that's my number two. My number three, I am kind of going out of order here. We, we, we forgot how to count. Uh, my number three <laughs> is comfortably numb because I, I love, I love this song and I love this as, you know, just a platform for both Ed and Mike. It is the perfect Ed song for him to cover. Uh, I, you know, there's nothing there's nothing better than this i i I love pink floyd and i'm I'm more of a casual pink floyd fan i don't like their weird stuff too much but uh you know obviously this is one of their best in their catalog so you know for for knowing what they did with it at that hurricane sandy show and then seeing i got to see it at, at a show after this probably in the same year uh you know one of my favorite moments for sure uh and then number one is rearview mirror because it just feel it felt like you know the climax of that whole entire first part of the set where everybody can really celebrate that you know versus being you know the the album of the night being uh the special treat that everybody was getting uh it's i I felt like rearview mirror was the standout of all that nice because they were able to sort of expand a little bit so um, because this was your show, do you want me to give my ranking first? Or? Sure, go ahead. All right. Um, I really like the show, uh, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, oh, it's, it's never a good sign when you start out with that. It's And <laughs> <laughs> you that, shouldn't think any different. That's, that, uh, that's your sign that it's getting a three. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. This is getting a good a good. He's grade. like, I, uh, I really liked it. Yeah, I know what's coming. But now. but but yeah. But no, uh, I don't have too many butts. I, I think my butts are you know very small. Like should have kept momentum going with something else that that wasn't swallowed whole, or uh, you know maybe a different choice in the encore instead of lightning bolt. But those are those are small, unimportant things. Um, the show gets a nine. The show gets a nine. Okay. I, I I think I like Moline a little better uh, as far as the surprise standpoint. And oh yeah, I, uh, if I had been in Moline, I would have not have left there in one piece. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I've listened to most of the full album shows. I think Milwaukee's a little disjointed in parts. Um, I think the ten show is a little strange because uh, it you know it opens the show and then you know then it's kind of a what now after release, but it's still good. And then binaural, they sort of, it's a little weird because all of those songs, they never play. So there was a lot of stop and go during a lot of that. So um, this compared to all of those, this is somewhere, Moline is number one, but this is either two or three, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. 
So, yeah, this is a real solid night. I like the show, even outside of the versus stuff. Uh, 10 out of 10 for me. Being there, yeah. the whole experience, like, you, you can't beat it. It was it was a high. It was probably, you know, the best Pearl Jam show I've seen. And, like, I've only been to nine, so I don't have a lot of a lot of history, but absolutely number one for me of the shows I've been to. I wouldn't have expect, uh, expected any other grade, no. so makes total sense. Uh, we mentioned before that we were not done with Edge. We had more from him, and this next story is a little bit about uh, what happened to him after Versus. And, uh, well, he had a little bit of a run-in. And <laughs> if you uh, know the term run-in from the wrestling industry, uh, that's this is not that much different from that. So uh, take a listen to how he uh, Versus might have been the last thing that he did as a human being on this planet Earth. So I, I went and um, went to the show blown away i'm driving home it's late the girls are in bed when i get home it's like i don't know three o'clock in the morning or something i don't stay up that late like ever i'm in bed by 10 so I, I'm, I'm tired or whatever but again and i'm closing up shop and i hear this huge thud and we have bear proof cans for a reason so i go on <laughs> i'm like ah, sure enough it's a it's a bear and oh. it's trying to get into our bear proof can so <laughs> <laughs> man all right get, go on get out of here go on and i'm standing beside my truck at this point just a few few feet from our front steps and the mood just changed i don't know how else to explain it and i look and about maybe 30 feet to my right three other bears come walking up our cement oh no because <laughs> we live on a, we live on a mountain right so you can't see it until they crest up and they're on the driveway see, see like their eyes glowing or something like that right yep. and i'm like there's two cubs and there's two big ones this is not good <sighs> so i slowly slowly back up and i'm thinking to myself this is an insane night like i i i, I can't even process all of this i've just you know, just drove down to greenville by myself pearl jam play versus for the first time ever and I may get mauled by a family of bears. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to go out pretty happy. <laughs> All things considered. Say that on like, your obituary. I, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about it. It's like as, the, as the, the bear is about to chew my face off, man, but at least I saw them do verses. On your obituary, it's going to say 11-time WWE champion, Hall of Famer, and saw verses minutes before he got mauled by a bear. Yes, just flayed by bears. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Eventually that story would get out and they'd write a song about it. Oh, yes. There would be tribute shows. The Vitality Vitality Foundation would, you know, all benefits are to Adam and, and hashtag, uh, you know, justice for, for Adam, for bears. And oh, yeah. There would be there'd be a ukulele song about fuck the bears. <laughs> so um, Edge was almost mauled by bears. Uh and we're, we're glad he made it out alive. Yep. Yep. He's still alive folks. Uh, and he was able to talk about it. And again, if you haven't listened to that episode or the, the Patreon exclusive stuff, listen to all of it. It's really good stuff. If you're a wrestling fan, if you're a Pearl Jam fan, it doesn't matter. He's 
absolutely awesome to talk to really down to earth, really good dude. So listen to all of it. Um, you can tell by just listening to those stories that he's just, he's a fun person and really enjoys the band and is really passionate about it. So, um, all right. Anything else that, uh, we want to mention, I think on Patreon at some point this week, uh, we're going to be releasing our thoughts about, the first single dance of the clairvoyance yeah that should be really interesting if uh we if, if what we've a, heard is true yeah yeah we've heard a little bit of a snippet from it so uh what do you think about this being like a little bit of a different vibe a little trent reznor meets talking heads kind of deal i'm i'm all right with it man you know the the last few albums have have you know they they are what they are you know the band was was in a different place at that point and they were seven years later so I think people are people are ready for something different and uh, I agree and like I said you know weird Pearl Jam is my favorite Pearl Jam so let's get weird with this shit man I'm in I agree I fully agree I you know if they would put out another lightning bolt it would have been like all right this is a, this is fine this is okay but knowing that they're not satisfied they're not you know just gonna make dad rock music and just yeah. be comfortable being the legendary band i and like I'm, that and i'm looking forward to seeing how how it translates translates live i'm sure we'll talk about that yep we will very soon um keep in mind also for patreon that after every single show we're gonna have nearly instant reaction i think the next day we'll react to the set list and i'll i'll be you know we'll both uh, be listening to feeds and, and trying to get as much and of the shows a, in as after possible. Nashville and St. Louis, you'll get a lot of holy shit from me probably. I'm sure. Yeah. And you know, depending on what happens in Baltimore and, and the garden, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll hear from me too, but, uh, yeah, we'll, that's, that's going to be a lot of extra content on Patreon. We're going to do our best to, to do some quick reactions to the set list and talk about what we liked and didn't like from the shows. And, uh, just, you know how they're implementing the new songs and as we go on we're going to hear more and more and more so get excited folks yeah uh, next week back to around the world we're going back around the world all right uh this is actually a patreon request from paul and he is from australia so we thought that this was a perfect time to you know kill two birds with as many stones as we have to kill them with and we're gonna do one from his mainland this i believe he said this was the only show that he he's, he's been to nice. so this is sydney 1998 we're gonna cover that third night it's one of uh the last very few jack shows that he did from yield uh i don't know if it was the last but i think he probably had like five or six more after that so it's you know we're gonna get songs like given a fly and brain to jay and those kind of songs that you know we're never gonna hear jack play again so i think that's gonna be really interesting and you know i think it would be a discredit to not mention uh that we're thinking about everybody in australia right now because it's still going on all the wildfires that that have been happening down there and um this is really you guys like this is mother nature's not fucking around and if we don't do something about it uh you know it will do something to us so um while this episode airs next week we're going to talk a little bit about that and hopefully uh we can get a a, a fundraiser going and, and raise some money for the for the wildfires down there definitely definitely i thought it was it was cool too when uh when they did the gigaton 
filter oh. teas they, they turned the little fire into a heart for australia yeah. that was a nice little touch that was a really nice touch yeah and hopefully hopefully team. they'll hopefully they'll get down there later this year yeah absolutely and we know we have a lot of fans down there so hopefully you guys are doing good staying safe and uh taking care of each other so uh next week we will be in sydney and but our hearts will be in sydney and they'll stay in sydney until until they don't need us anymore uh this is the end. We may be here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. I miss you always. That's it for a crazy week for us. We had Edge on, and we did Greenville, and uh, and we had some debut songs and and uh, a tours going on. What more can you ask for in Pearl Jam world? This is this is ripe time right here. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. Yep. So we'll see you next week for Sydney. Vitalogy in Oakland, twenty twenty.
Cheers to you. Cheers to you. Back to the future.